Hey, hello and welcome to a special edition episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Sides. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to dive in to this special episode with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scamaruginier. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm doing all right. Sunny day. Not, you know, it's, can't complain. It's beautiful out there. It's a beautiful day to stay inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff. We're going to talk about the time of coronavirus and uh, how... The Chicago Red Stars have been sort of coping with that. And we thought no better way to do that than to have a guest on to talk with us about all this stuff. And we invited uh, Chicago Red Stars head coach and friend of the podcast, Rory Dames. How are you doing today? Good. Good to see both of you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we uh, we got a little nervous about potentially doing this episode because we all like to talk to each other and we haven't done that in some time. And we're like, man, we really hope we can get this in in a reasonable amount of time while maybe not bringing everybody uh, down. But we we got to get into it. I mean, the Red Stars were heading into we're, – we're in, in. They were in it. You guys were in it in your preseason. And uh, on the horizon was a potential spring invitational and, and all that stuff. And so just getting – tapping into the mindset of that and when this all initially kind of kicked off, can you just sort of walk me through – the first stages of all of this going on with your team and this pandemic? Yeah. Well, we actually were able to train four days. Um, and I think the, the first two days we were fine. And then I think, every, I think maybe, I don't remember exactly when the NBA shut down, but stuff starts to get a little crazy. Uh, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we had trained um, Tuesday. We had two sessions on the day. Thursday was an off day for us. And then we went back in and trained Friday. We were going to train Saturday and then we were supposed to have that game on Sunday. Uh, and the Wednesday training, um, when we had like our pre-meeting, we spaced everybody out six feet, um, not knowing anything remotely close to, to what we know now in hindsight. Um, we probably were a little foolish not to do a lot more than just spread everybody out six feet. Uh, I remember walking around, I had, I had two things of hand sanitizer. So every time the players would do finish something, you know, I would walk by each player and we had like 35 players. So it was a lot of people. Um, and we would spray some hand sanitizer in their hands. And um, I think we were doing it just to keep everybody's spirits up and have fun. I don't think we had even the slightest idea of how serious this was or what was all going to evolve beyond that. Uh, so we had that Thursday off. We went back in Friday um, started to do our prep for the game on the weekend. And then, you know, it kind of came about that we were shut down. Uh, and then it, it just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed, as you guys are all well aware of, um, to the point where we obviously haven't seen any of those guys since since those first four days. Um, and everybody's kind of been treading water moving along. So we, uh, I'm glad that the lead made swift decision, you know, having Lisa now in as the commissioner has been great. Uh, what a, <laughs> what a challenging job to walk into. If it's just a normal season, what a incredibly challenging job to walk into and then face a worldwide pandemic is your first call of duty. And um, the communication from the league has been great. The the league office has been great. She's got them pretty tidy and on a short lease now. And that's, we're lucky to have her and, um, continuing to follow the guidance of the league. What, what changed from, you know, obviously the information everybody's been getting has 
been kind of rolling out. So you maybe think at the beginning of this, okay, this is going to be a couple weeks stoppage to, oh, this is actually maybe going to be much longer. We're dealing with months now. Has that changed kind of the messaging to the team and what you're asking them to do? Um, or has that kind of been consistent the whole time? Yeah, well, we, so we kept our players in market until whatever that first date was that they thought we'd be able to go again. And then once that date got pushed, um, I think we're one of maybe two teams that let our players go. Uh, we n- never made Julie come in the market. Uh, Tierna was here for that, that first period from the end of their tournament until the first you can leave. Uh, but I mean, she was, she, I think she said she ate 14 meals in a row by herself looking at walls. So better to get her out of here. Um, so yeah, so we've had players go back and we've always had a set date for all of our players to return the market. Um, and that date's still a few weeks away just because of what's going on in Chicago and um, where we're at with everything. And um, although we may have uh, a governor who definitely cautions on the side of being safe, we still have to follow those rules. And I, I know there's teams that are back in as of the six and doing stuff and we're certainly not doing any of that stuff. Um, you know, I, I do feel good that we could have soccer on the horizon here um, pretty soon, if I'm being honest. Uh, but we're not going to bring all our players back in the market until we know that there's something valuable we can do with them. And a lot of our players that are gone either are in states that have uh, lesser restrictions, so they have more freedom to be able to train and do things, or they have great setups where they are. So, you know, I don't, I don't need to rattle off what Julie may or may not have access to in Philadelphia, but there's certainly no reason for me to bring her back here so she can live by herself somewhere and then drive out to SeatGeek one day a week and practice all by herself and drive home. Um, so I think you guys both know that we always try to take the approach of not just them being soccer players, but people and, you know, husbands, wives, families, you know, where they want to be and making sure that that family element's included. So we haven't really changed our philosophy with this whole pandemic. We would rather have people where they feel safe and comfortable and around people that they feel loved by than making everybody stay in market to just wait, basically. Just piggybacking off of what you mentioned with the governor and specifically the mayor and the city of Chicago. So Chicago and Illinois have been uh, on a sort of shelter in place order since basically roughly mid-March. So we're hitting about a good solid two weeks, maybe a little over um, two months already uh, for this shelter in place order that's been put. So in terms of navigating your team and the mentality of navigating them through something like that what are some of the more proactive steps that you guys as the coaching staff have tried to do to engage them and having a good mentality during this time yeah well our medical staff checks in with the team every night and we uh our team is not one that needs to be entertained per se you know we've probably had three zoom calls with our entire group each calls probably lasted i don't know 15 20 minutes And it's simply to give updates of where we're at, answer questions, and then let them go. But uh, we have a pretty close core group. So they, you know, I know there's teams that were doing some team building via Zoom and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't really say that's our persona. You know, we have people that have their own lives and live them. And I think we feel pretty confident when it's time to bring our group back together 
our group will come back in together. And then the other part of that is, I also think that we have a, you know, we used to be one of the the younger teams in the league for quite a while. And I don't know that we're necessarily one of the younger teams anymore. We're probably in the middle, but moving from younger to the middle means your, your new younger professionals become veteran professionals and know how to take care of themselves, how to maintain their fitness, um, how to maintain their health, how to get treatment or whatever services they may need to keep their body um, fit and able. So I think we feel pretty good about the the people we have on our team, what they're able to do on their own. And, you know, if we had to go somewhere and play a game in two weeks, while it certainly wouldn't be ideal, I feel that a good 16 to 17 players on our team would be ready to go purely from what they've been doing on their own. You mentioned this um, earlier, but some teams have started to open up individual training. Um, is there being, is there a lot of communication? And I don't know if you're the right person to answer this, but is there communication from the league about what other teams are doing or new public health information that they are have to kind of guide what Chicago is doing even while staying at home? Or is it really just listen to your local guidelines? Don't worry what about some other teams are doing. Just kind of follow your own path. Yeah, well, the, the NWSL created a medical task force of doctors from all of the teams, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that because I'm obviously not on the task force, but I know our doctor is a part of it. So they have meetings and discuss what's going on in each market. And they kind of figure out from a, a holistic approach from the league of what everybody can be doing that would be allowed in each market. And then they come back and specifically give you guidelines for your market. Um, you know, as far as what each team's doing or what we're allowed to be doing, um, you know, I think unless somebody's there policing each team, who knows what everybody's doing. Um, but I do think that everybody in this league, from the owners to the medical staffs to the coaches to the players themselves, understand the severity of what we're dealing with and also realize that making sure that we're doing everything we can to limit anybody having exposure or getting sick is the most important thing because every day we probably get one day closer to being able to get back out and play and do something. And all it takes is one bad decision by an individual or a team. And suddenly you start to get some people sick in a group that puts the brakes on everything and makes everybody take a step back. So I think everybody in the league is committed to trying to, to get back and do something. And I think everybody in the league is making whatever decisions they're making within their markets under that thought process. I don't think anybody's going out and, and being careless or, or putting their players or themselves at risk. Um, you know, prior to all of the, the news updates that the lead, the lead front offices have been giving, um, whether it was, you know, postponing preseason indefinitely, um, recent discussion about potential start dates for the NWSL. I know Lisa went on record and said that um, one of those scenarios was a June start date for the league in terms of potentially getting a season started in 2020. I just sort of want to get your overall thoughts and perspectives of the reality of that potentially happening sooner rather than later. Yeah. So, you know, the, I don't uh, run in the circles with the people who make those decisions. I run below that in the coaches circles. So we have our own little um, gossip mill, we'll say. Um, as far as getting a season in, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. 
especially when you start getting into September, October, November, and the flu season comes back and now people start getting sick and do they have the flu or do they have COVID? And um, so I think that's probably on everybody's mind. I do think the, the possibility of having something, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the stuff about the MLS and potentially going to Florida and having a little tournament kind of set up. Um, there are definitely rumors swirling around the league right now that um, that's, that's a viable option for us. Again, nothing from anybody that would be of any importance to actually confirm that. Uh, but I, I feel pretty good that, you know, in the next two to three weeks, the teams are going to get going and end of June, somewhere in July, maybe beginning of August, somewhere in there. I think we're going to do something. I think there's going to be something where games are played, what that looks like, what the format is. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, I, we've told all of our players to start ramping up what they're doing, building towards I don't know, July 1st as a game, first game date and working backwards from there, regardless of how long we would have in a preseason or when we could start getting together. Uh, but I do think on the horizon for you as a coach, how difficult is it to plan for just the nebulous concept of some games, sometime against somebody for an indeterminate amount of time? Is that a thing you can even plan for, or do you need more information before you can start kind of honing in on that? Yeah, well, I think you need specifics to, to do anything, but the, I would say the good thing about if there is a good thing about the situation we're in is everybody's in the same boat. Um, and, you know, I don't think the people that are at the fields training by themselves right now have an advantage over anybody who's at home training by themselves. Uh, I think the biggest thing for us will be, and, you know, these were always the, the deep discussions that we would have with Don and Jill when the World Cup and the Olympics were getting close because they were trying to get the players fit for a, a four to six week tournament which is a completely different kind of uh, conditioning and what you do with them, where we're trying to make sure the players can survive a seven to nine month season. So trying to fit that stuff together um, was tricky. So we're clearly not trying to get ready for a seven to nine month season at this point, because that ship has sailed. So I think the, to answer your question, Claire, if it's just going to be a, a four, six, eight week events, then that's a whole different methodology than trying to make sure that you have ebb and flow over the peak of seven, eight months and then peak at the right time. Uh, so I think that would be the hardest thing. And then the second thing I would say, if it was last year's group, it was a pretty consistent return from the year before. So I don't think that there were a lot of unknowns as far as how we were going to play or what we were going to do. There was a reason that we had six preseason games scheduled this year, because we had a lot of different things we wanted to take a look at and try. We obviously brought in a, a lot of attacking players that have different qualities that we're excited about. And we wanted to try different combinations together, different pairings, see what worked. Um, so I think the other thing for us will, I don't want to say we'll be at a disadvantage because I think we're going to have uh, the excitement of having something new and something fresh heading into it, but we're certainly going to have a lot of questions to try to answer. And I don't know that we're going to have the time to answer. So um you know, it probably just gets pushed on. But if we had a, the, the five-week preseason and six preseason games and we were playing with different forward combinations and trying different things, it would be a lot easier than rolling into a field in three weeks and then playing your first game. 
we're we're waxing poetic a lot about what <laughs> potentially could happen. And we we also do that off mic all the time. Like what could a potential 2020 quote unquote season look like um this year? And we brought up MLS and we've chatted a bit about that. Um in terms of their return to play, they're targeting like a June 1st return for trainings and then a game for June 22nd. And also, like you mentioned, the the neutral site. So I want us to enter into maybe some sort of I feel statements and being able to shoot for the stars and reach for our dreams type of statements. Is an idea of a neutral location something that you're open-minded to or what is it? If so, and if not, what is it that you would like to see ideally for 2020 in some type of NWSL playing? Yeah, so I want to preface this with, this is purely my opinion. Yeah, we're in the I feel. Yeah, state. yeah, yeah. This is uh, if it were up to you. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to have to answer questions to our new commissioner as to why I suddenly said the league was doing this for this. I think if you you read the stuff from the MLS about taking everybody to to the wide world of sports and having that facility makes a ton of sense. I mean, they can set up to have anywhere from eight to 12 soccer fields for training. They have four great game fields. I've been there a lot with our youth teams. They probably have the resort to themselves, right? I mean, Disney's close, so pick which hotel you want to stay at. Um, so I think if you if you look at the model they've put together, and you figure that everything that has kind of happened over the last two and a half months, the MLS has done something, and then the NWSL has followed suit. Uh, and a lot easier with the amount of teams that the NWSL has than the amount of teams that the MLS has. Um, I, I believe that you could probably do something similar. Um, I think if something's going to happen, it's going to be in one place. I don't see them. I don't see us getting on and off planes and traveling to different sites. Um, go through the. I think there's three things you have to take into account. You know, look at the nine cities where there are teams. What are the ordinances they're having to follow? What are their numbers, both infected, hospital beds, death? Um, And then you also have to look at then the host club, who can actually facilitate something, who has the resources and the means to, to be able to let nine teams train or stay at places and wait rooms and where do we eat, um, you know, fit, physical therapists, uh, chiropractors, on and on and on. Um, so I don't know. And I know we have a, a hotel in the parking lot of our stadium, so somebody could stay there for a while, but I don't know how you go about differentiating or where you would go play or what would make the most sense. Um, but I would assume that if the MLS is having those conversations, that the NWSL has probably had some sort of those conversations. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think if the MLS is going to pull a trigger on something, odds are the NWSL is going to pull the trigger on something that's just going off what's happened the last two and a half months. But I would suspect we'll end up in one of the cities where one of our teams are. Um, we'll be on a much smaller scale. I would like to see us play anywhere, maybe from four to eight games over uh, a four to six week period. And then maybe get into some sort of knockout round where there's a quarterfinal, a semifinal and a final. And that obviously stings for whoever that one team is. And hopefully it's not us, although you would get to go home earlier. Um, but then, yeah, you, you play out a kind of like a world cup setup with a quarterfinal, a semi and a final. And it's certainly not uh, a league season 
but once you get into the playoffs, it's, it's not a league season either. Right. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining about home field advantage or who's getting to go where, because at this point, everybody just wants to play. I think the only real sticking point outside of all of the logistics um, would be who plays who. If you have nine teams and you're only going to, ideally you would play eight games so you could play everybody once and at least have it balanced. Um, if you play four games, you know, am I playing Tacoma? I'm sure I say Tacoma. Am I playing Tacoma, Carolina, Portland, and or is there some sort of balance to it? But I don't even know how you would do that. Um, but I think all of that stuff said, everything that the league has sent out, discussed, distributed, decisions that have been made have all been about the safety of the players, the staffs, first and foremost. Um, and so I think that would be the biggest thing that they'll cross off. And if you can find somewhere where it's safe for the teams to go and you can provide adequate testing, because that's the other thing is I don't think you can bring us together if you're not going to test us. Um, probably need to test us before we even go anywhere because I don't want to get onto a plane with people. And I'm sure they don't want to get on a plane with me. If we don't know who has what or who's in what situation, probably need to test us when we get to wherever we're going unless maybe it's in Chicago, but I don't know how that would happen at this point. Um, and then some sort of weekly testing and then you got to be able to test referees. You got to be able to test camera people. So it's easy for us to sit here and talk about the soccer. Hey, we could do a world cup thing and knock out in this many games, but there's so much more that goes into it than that. And I'm sure Lisa and her staff and the owners are all over that stuff right now. Um, but I don't, I don't see anybody going anywhere without proper and adequate, adequate testing. I think that's first and foremost, and then everything will follow suit from there. Now, if you're going to ask me, do I think the NWSL has the resources, the manpower to get that done? Um, a year, year and a half ago, I might've said, I'm not sure. Uh, but since Lisa's come on board, I would say absolutely. I, I, absolutely. If that's what needs to be done, it'll get done. So I'm optimistic. I think all the fans should be optimistic. Like I said, if the MLS is, is really going to get going, odds are we're probably going to get going pretty soon too. A lovely wish list. <laughs> just from Rory Dames. I like what we heard from you. Um, yeah, I, just is... to, I just want to be able to make the schedule. As long as I can make the yeah, schedule. Right. <laughs> That would get that would get heated, I think, if it turned into a who wants to play who situation. Maybe they do, maybe you do World Cup style. Maybe you like uh, the league a does lot. a live Zoom thing and it's yeah. a blind draw. I mean, it would yeah. be exciting and suspenseful. It was as long as there were no cameras by any of the teams to see any of our reactions. <laughs> I think that would be okay. This is maybe this is maybe a bad question to ask on a podcast that you're doing. But um, are you sick of doing content yet? Are you ready to be a <laughs> soccer coach again? <laughs> It's funny you ask that because uh, the the content's fun. Um, it's fun to do the games, right? As long as we keep picking games that we didn't lose, it's fun to replay the games. Um, I think uh, Lindsay in the front office, who's another new hire this year, has been outstanding. Uh, the stuff she's come up with, the content she keeps going. If you, if you saw the internal emails that fly around, I think the player engagement the last two and a half to three weeks has really picked up and they've really gotten engaged and committed to it. So, you, you know, we've talked about this all the time when we're looking to bring players into the team, we obviously want good players and good footballers that meet our player profiles and the metrics that we look for. But you also want to have good people that the club is more than just a soccer place they play and a paycheck to them. And I think our team has really shown, uh, with all the stuff that they've been willing to do and, and including 
Morgan, Julie, Alyssa, Tierna, Casey. I mean, not just the NWSL players, but all of our players, they've been outstanding. But yeah, would I, would I give up a story with Rory to get on the field and run a practice? There's a good chance I would, I would move on from that. Rory, are you the Gruffalo? <laughs> you know, you'd have to ask my son. Um, I tried telling them how to pronounce it and it, it, they insisted to go the other way. And uh, my daughter correcting all my gram- grammatical mistakes. I was like, you know what? You can read the next few. And then I tried to, I roped Alyssa in to do one. So we'll get another special guest in to read him something. We'll, we're seeing what we can set up. But yeah, I mean, it's fun and it's, it's different and it keeps it lighthearted and it's good for, it's good for people to have something, you know, especially people that have kids. Again, it's, even if it's only 10 minutes long, it's 10 minutes that your kids are doing something that you can like breathe for 10 minutes. And I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. So when there are things that can take their uh, attention and occupy them, it's, it's a great thing right now. But I, I think uh, we all miss being on the field. We all miss seeing the players. We miss training. We miss competing. We miss building that and going through our process. And uh, there would have been some big layers to the process this year. So, yeah, I mean, would I give up the virtual content to be on the field? Sure. Um, do I want to be gone from my wife and kids for four to six weeks and be planted somewhere? I don't know. I'm not sure that's what I signed up for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if that's what it takes for us to get out and get playing, I think you make the sacrifices. We, uh, we were really lucky to have our, uh, first sort of player podcast interview with, with Zoe and Emily and, uh, they were a real joy to have on the podcast. And we had, we did some fun quarantine uh, content with them and we're kind of dipping into that with you already right now. But I know for people who can't see, cause they're just hearing the audio, you've joined us today in an infamous hoodie. It looks like it's an all black hoodie. Do you have a specific quarantine hoodie that you've been utilizing during this time? No, no. My my wife is uh, pretty peculiar that if I go outside and anything, when I come back in, it goes into the wash. So I'm running low on my hoodie supply for sure. The hoodie supplies, that'll be the first thing. And the hoodies we, are safe, safe hoodies. Yeah. If go. we go somewhere for four to six weeks, I'm going to need a lot of hoodies. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> um, and yet did Emily and Zoe, were they able to, to make it through without giggling the whole time or? <laughs> oh, are you letting us know that you didn't listen to the episode? Rory? How dare you? <laughs> I'm not VIP into those things. I don't, I'd be lying if I said I've been on social media a lot, but I have heard that you guys have been doing a deep dive on our, our previous teams. And so I can't wait to get the the very detailed analytical report from you guys (laughs) on where we've improved and the quality of our play and other things we need to work on. I'm looking forward to getting that from the two of you. Oh, we've been taking notes. Yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. We've been also flirting with the idea of uh, sitting down and forcing ourselves to absolutely rewatch every second of that 2015 semifinal. Mm-hmm. We, we were thinking about was that the Kansas joined. City game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were thinking of having you join us in the misery. Yeah. So you only need to watch the first 30 minutes and then it's over. So. <laughs> Roy, how about like uh, any other quarantine? Uh, yeah. What have you been up to? What's like, what's been your go-to thing when you have, yeah. when you have downtime? You, I know with the activity kids, you're doing, book, done, movie, but... there's a certain snack you enjoy. Yeah. So really, if, if I'm being honest, it's been a, a balance of, um, being able to do Red Star work, being able to do Eclipse work. I would say have an entire club there and we're having a virtual May with them. So we've had all kinds of content. You guys remember Jackie Santa Canarina? Yes. She's now a yoga instructor. So she oh, does we remember. Our membership. Yeah. And um, Casey Short came on two Fridays ago. Tierna came on last Friday and just 
sharing their journeys to try to, it, it's good for people with everything that's going on to hear positive stories. Um, going to have Alyssa there on this Friday and you guys both know how outgoing and warm and bubbly she is. So it should be interesting to see how she does in that setting. Um, but yeah, in basically just trying to have some sort of routine, you know, when you have kids, you need to have a routine, any opportunities we've had to get outside and do stuff in the backyard or go for walks and that stuff we've tried to take advantage of. Um, I certainly know every lyric to every song from frozen Two by heart. There's no doubt about that. Good one. Um, good one, Ray. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's some good songs in there. You know, I had this conversation with Julie Ertz the other night. Do either of you watch Westworld? Yeah. Thought, yeah. Episodes of Westworld. Yes. So, uh, Dolores on Westworld. Did she, you know she's in Frozen 2. Yeah. 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 That's right. Every time I hear that song now, or I see the mom talking, I can't picture you know, <laughs> the mom in Frozen. I just pictured Dolores, like with her hair pulled back and her black outfit shooting people. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is really mentally a tough play here. To that would be a, that would be a dark sequel. Yeah. Frozen. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> I told Julie she had no clue. So I'm like, yeah, I just ruined Frozen 2 for you forever. So I apologize. Um, but that's kind of stuff like that, you know, just just getting by, trying to stay active, um, trying to stay positive, trying to stay engaged with the players on both clubs and, uh, you know, try to stay engaged with the fans when we can. You know, I thought the virtual, the the, the local 134 and the thing they put on was great. Uh, I never would have thought you could get that many people into something like that. And then, you know, the whole Jersey reveal thing was, I told Arnhem, like, you should probably just do it like that for now on. So um, super. And listen, I'll finish with this for you guys. And I've had this conversation with a lot of the players since that Jersey reveal that have been around for a while. And there's no doubt that we all feel very special and privileged that we are a part of something special here and it's been building and, you know, both of you and John and the coverage we've gotten helping make that connection between the team and the fan base and the community. And, you know, we, we obviously feel like we turned a corner last year with fans and numbers into the stadium, but those, those, and you've heard me say this, there's a difference between fans and supporters, you know, that core group of supporters that we've had since back in our Benedictine days, um, they're all still there. They've grown in numbers and, you know, it's, it's kind of cliche to say, oh, you have a supporters group, but as a team and the coaches and the players, we really feel that connection now, you know, we, and we still really feel bad about what went on in the final and how that went down. I mean, don't think that that's lost on us because it's not. Um, so we're itching to get back out, but just to the whole, the whole Red Star community, you guys who give them content, keep them engaged and you know, the local one, three, four and everything they've been doing, it's really cool to be a part of, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was always cool to be in part of, but I never would have thought that it would be able to grow into something that it is and it's continuing to grow. So we're very thankful, thankful to you guys, thankful to them and uh, can't wait to keep it going and eventually be able to get back on the field. Thank you, Rory. I think that's a good spot for us to end off with a bit of uh, motivational coaching from the head coach of the Chicago Red Stars. I appreciate you for being here with us and having these conversations and talking about this tough stuff that we're all going through sort of together and giving us some insight as to how you guys are de dealing with it and coping with it as a, as a team. So thanks so much. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the future. Thanks, guys. Stay safe and uh, stay healthy. What a lovely conversation that we just had with uh, Coach James. Yeah, that was informative. <laughs> yes, I. you can always appreciate that and you can always expect to be informed when you are having a chat with uh, Coach, Coach Rory Dane. So uh, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. 
Hope you all maybe got a little bit of clarity. Hope you all got a little bit of uh, inspiration and something really to look forward to uh, after this conversation that we had uh, with Coach Dames. So we will be back with you all with an additional episode. We'll probably dive back into our Red Stars rewatch series as uh, Rory Dames alluded to you all already. Maybe he'll uh, listen to this one. <laughs> Right? Maybe we'll pay attention. If not, we'll drag them on to yeah. watch those dreadful <laughs> 30 minutes in 2015. Oh, man. Claire, what do you think? How, how should the people connect with us or connect with you? Yeah, I mean, I think you really should just follow the Patreon. Um, the contest is still open for a sweet $100 of Red Stars gear, which they're premiering new Red Stars merch apparently at the end of the month they just announced today. So... You got to be on that Patreon game and uh, maybe get some cool stuff. What up, patrons? You can maybe potentially win $100 worth of new Red Stars merch. Let's get it. Uh, Yeah, if you want to just continue your support of the Southside Trap Podcast, please do that on our Patreon first and foremost. You can follow us on all social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. Find us on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. Go ahead and find us. Give us a like, subscribe to us, leave us a rating, a review. We appreciate all that stuff. Uh, all of that helps us out tremendously when we're trying to produce the best Chicago Red Stars content for you all. But everybody, stay safe. Wash your hands, wash your everything, and uh, we'll be back with you all soon.